and welcome to episode 21 of the Read Between Podcast, the improvised storytelling podcast where we take the internet's weirdest suggestions and turn them into weird, wacky, and crazy stories through the power of improv. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan. I'm your co-host, Lynn. And today, joining us for another episode in our guest storyteller series, we have a good friend of ours. Uh, she's an improv comedian, she's a teacher, and she's a lot of other things, uh, but to us, she's a really great friend. Please welcome Elizabeth Wiggins to the show. Hello, everyone. How you doing, Elizabeth? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're great. Good. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, no problem. So, for those who may not know who you are, you want to tell them a little bit about yourself? Um, I am an English teacher. I do improv when I can stay up late enough to do it. Um, huh. I'm trying to think what else I am. You just said I'm a lot of things, so now there's a lot of pressure. I'm like, what are all the things You're that encompass cat me? Yes, I have a cat. His yes. name is Dr. Indiana Cat. It's a great name. These for are the a clothes cat. he allowed me to wear today because he didn't bite me in the shoulder when I was trying to put them on. Um, he did that to me once. It was like real nasty. Oh, no. I took a shirt away from him and he like threw himself across the bed. And he's he's not small for those of you oh, who boy. don't know. And he got me like right in the shoulder. Ooh. Jeez. And I was told it was not that bad, but I could, like, it, like, puffed up. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it was a new shirt, too, so I was like, I'm bleeding through my new shirt. <laughs> this is going to be the worst thing. More worried about the shirt. Oh, man. Well, I mean, that and, like, cat scratch fever. That, too. And, and, Ted Nugent warned us. Right. Like, I hear it's real. I know someone who got it. <laughs> really? You know somebody who actually yes. got that? Yes. What the hell? I didn't know. Th- I didn't know that was actually a real thing. It's a real thing we should all worry about. Like right now, is all people who have cats. <laughs> so we should be having marches and everything yes. for cat scratch fever. Yes. Okay. Once all the important causes are yes. taken care of, absolutely. Like, we'll focus our attention right now on the things that need to be done, mm-hmm. and then then later when the world is solved, we'll, we'll, we'll address the real right. issues. Otherwise, what does the antibiotics get us through? Until... Penicillin. That's right. what it was made for. Until all like the things people are marching in the streets for. are Oh <laughs> uh, well, again, thank yes. you for joining us. It's great to have you here. Yes. Um, so for the for Elizabeth and those who may be no, new to the show, I can't talk. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, what we do in the first half of our show is Lynn is going to peruse the subreddit on Reddit called Not the Onion, which has ridiculous headlines for stories that you would think would be fake and would show up on the Onion, but they're actually real headlines. So, uh, Lynn, do you want to take a look and see what we got? How are we doing on Not the Onion this week? Is it peak uh, Not the Onion or? It's it's eh. It's eh. It's eh. It's, some of these I've read. It's kind of up and down sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Like sometimes you get some really good ones. It and... gives and it takes. Yeah, exactly. It sounds very yogic. Like you just have to come to your mat mm-hmm. <laughs> and just find what's there. Just take just take yeah. what you find. Just yes. work with it. Just accept the practice as it is. <laughs> Okay, so here's one that's interesting. Okay. Um, sliced ketchup Kickstarter takes the chaos out of condiments. Huh. Sliced ketchup. Sliced mm. ketchup. So it basically looks like uh, just tiny ketchup sauce packets. Like, what? yeah, like, here's a little thumbnail. But, like, would they be, like, held together by a gelatin, I guess? That, like, it, maybe. It looks, it looks almost like one of those, like, a processed cheese slice, but it's, like, ketchup. It sounds a lot like that, like, what was that, the life hacker thing for moms where it was, like, make slices of peanut butter for your oh, kids' lunches. Yeah. yeah. Like, someone, like, lost their shit because they're like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I'm just going to put it on bread. Why am I going to roll it out between, like, two pieces of saran wrap and freeze it over <laughs> Just so little Jimmy right. doesn't have any problems right. with his sandwich. Because, like, like, the whole argument was, like, peanut butter and jelly is, like, literally the easiest thing to make. Oh. Why yeah. would I add a step? <laughs> <laughs> so pointless. Yeah, sliced ketchup though. Like, hmm. interesting. Mm. 
But do you, do you use that much ketchup on a sandwich? Well, I mean, I guess I it's... I don't. Would it, would it be to control, like, you know, like how you get that, like, watery stuff at the top? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. When you don't, like, when you first use it, like, it's like the oils are separated mm-hmm. or something. Or you're, like, at a picnic and, like, you have to, like, do that thing and then, like, it ends up, like, on your hands with the packet. Yeah. Mm. That's true. That'd be good for the picnic crowd. That'd Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But like you gotta wonder if this would hold up under the heat. Like, is it held together by a gelatin? And then does that does that then does that make ketchup like not vegetarian friendly? Ooh, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, because I'm curious. Is like, how is it sliced? Uh What are you putting it in there to make it a solid? Right. Because I would think like the only thing that could be like would be like some sort of like either gelatin Gelatin. or some other kind of binding agent. Yeah. But nothing's as good as a gelatin. Why would I want gelatin in my ketchup? That's true. And then like, can you imagine like watching like the How It's Made documentary for that, and then just watch your ketchup be like slices sliced and be like, nope, never again. Watch this ketchup because it comes out of a giant tube and it looks like a big block of cheese. Because then is the sandwich heat supposed to then bring it to like a condiment level? Because like you ketchup shouldn't be like a plasma on your food. No, then it's not a condiment. No, it's just like another layer. Yeah. So then is it like? Is the heat of the sandwich supposed to like then oh. make it liquid? No. Ooh, that's no. even worse. That, I that feel. is even worse. Ah. Like, do we get how it's made on how it turns into liquid? Oh, oh. man. Let's 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 save our exploration if we actually decide to go into the story because oh. ooh, we could go a lot of ways with that. Um. So I think we've all heard about Matt Damon's back tattoo this week. You mean oh, Ben, ben Affleck or Ben Affleck? Yes. Matt Damon Sorry. was asked to comment. Yeah, um, Matt Damon. <laughs> this is about Matt Damon. He defended um, Ben Affleck, saying he has the right to tattoo his own back however he wants. No, it's good that Matt Damon's getting on the right yes. side of one issue at this point. <laughs> yes, like yes. this time when he opened his damn mouth, it wasn't nonsense about women. Well, and, <laughs> like, well, and, and also he needs to make up for the fact that how bad downsizing was. Dear God, yeah. that movie was terrible. Oh. I saw that on Christmas Day. It ruined my Christmas. Oh, I know. <laughs> it was well, so bad. But like, why, Evan? Why did you go? Why did you say? But how look, is that Merry Christmas to you? Look, or is it just Movie Pass took you over? No. It, <laughs> listen, I I was I was hesitant to go see Jumanji. My okay. family wanted to see it, and they were like, and I was like, ah, I don't know how I feel about this movie. Mm-hmm. And then oh, so this was your fault? Yes, it was my fault. <laughs> um, but I ended up seeing Jumanji two days before and fucking loved it. Okay. Um, but then I saw downsizing and was extremely disappointed. And I spent forty dollars to take my entire family, and we all almost left. <laughs> So, I, I ruined Christmas for my family. Luckily, oh. it was in the evening, so we got all the presents and everything out of the way. Right. But you didn't delight them with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which is the problem. I should have. I should have. Like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and, Ke- and Kevin Hart are a dynamic duo. If you had a choice between like Matt Damon and Jason Sudeikis, two, two gentlemen who... like Jason Sudeikis was in the movie for all of five minutes. But, they, but still, he was there. <laughs> and, like, and they... They do what they need to do in ensembles. That's true. Oh, gosh. But what has anyone ever said outside of Jason Bourne? Matt Damon dazzled in that role. <laughs> That's true. I that mean, is... like, I know that we all gather on Easter to watch We Bought a Zoo as a country. <laughs> but, like... Cause it do bumped, we? I've never cause done it that. bumped the sound and music right out of national favorites. <laughs> but... We don't watch a Christmas They're story They're like, Dame Judy Andrews, step aside. Matt Damon is here to do it for the ladies. <laughs> I brought it back to Matt Damon. Nice. A jerk about women Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else, Lynn? I got, okay, here's one. It took me a while to find, but I found one. Okay. Woman mistakes jail security booth for dive through. Tries to, or drive through. I'm sorry. Dive through would be drive interesting. Dive through <laughs> would be interesting. Drive through uh, tries to order breakfast sandwich, gets arrested. <laughs> hmm. 
<laughs> wait, wait a minute. What was the breakfast sandwich she tried to order? Which side of the booth was she on? Yeah. Agreed. Also, like, security booths are not big. But well, are they leaving out that she might have been, like, drunk or intoxicated it's, when I'm, this happened? I'm, I'm going to, I would probably and assume. And then that would be the arrest, because... I did hear about this, though. Yeah. You did? Okay. I heard about, like, because I, I peruse the news when I'm yeah. at work and bored. I mean, people always, yeah, and people all do that. <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the headline used to be, a uh, woman goes to jail for ordering sandwich. So they, they went okay. a little bit more into detail with this right. one. Yeah. That she went to a, a security booth and huh. got arrested. Right. So... Okay, so our so our choices are ketchup slices, right? Uh, ben Affleck, Matt Damon with Ben Affleck's bat ta- back tattoo. I said bat tattoo. Yeah. Uh, Batman, and then the woman who tries to order a sandwich at a security station. Sec- yeah, security. Have booth. we all seen Ben Affleck's back tattoo? Yes. Uh, yes. The giant okay. dragon. Just wanted to make. Oh, yes. it's a phoenix rising from oh, the ashes. God. <laughs> that Jennifer, Gar- Jennifer Garner is not. Is not taking some responsibility as being the ashes. I think her commentary was, "I better be the ashes." <laughs> I think she still he still lives in her yard anyway. Wait, really? Oh yes. yeah, he like lives in like a weird. He lives in the guest house. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, it make I mean, it would make sense if you have three kids and you're super famous and you spent millions of dollars on your house, like. You, you know what? I I think we should explore this whole story with Ben Affleck, <laughs> how he got his back tattoo, and what how he got to this point. Post divorce. Yeah. Even Jennifer Lopez was asked to comment. Ooh. So, she commented in the clubhouse with Andy Cohen. Ooh. Ooh. Should, you think we should explore this? Let's do it. All right. Yes. So, folks, let us explore the origin story of Batman. I mean, Ben Affleck's back tattoo. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So, so fill me in here. You said. Okay. You said it was a. It's supposed to be a phoenix that was ri- yeah, it's rising it's, from ashes. It's a phoenix rising from the ashes, and he got it in the period like right after he got like divorced from Jennifer Garner. Okay, so so I so I'm thinking in my head that this all started. You know, it was maybe like a month or so after the divorce. Yes, and he's just sitting. He's sitting at home one day, right, where he can see his family's house. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> from across the pool and across the yard, because he now lives in the. House, <laughs> <laughs> so he's sitting in his little his little glass house in the backyard where he can see Jennifer Garner and the kids and all his children just making lunch without him. <laughs> they're, just, they're just making they're just making Nutella sandwiches with pre made Nutella slices. Yes, because that's how that's the kind of mom Jennifer Garner is a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's sitting. He's very. He's just. He's just depressed. He's yeah. everything's been going bad for him lately. Right. Um, now I'm trying to remember it's the second Jennifer he's lost yes. in a long term relationship. Yes. Like Jennifer Lopez is seeing A Rod now, so yeah. like, what does she need to take his calls for? Yeah. Jennifer Garner's got Nutella and the kids and <laughs> Yeah, he could walk across the lawn, but but he's They'd just, all see him coming because it's yeah. a picture window on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> what, and now I'm trying to remember, when did they get divorced? Was it was it before or after he was announced as Batman? Um, I, I think, think it, right around the same time. Okay, so so yeah, in that case, he was he was sitting in he was sitting in his house, and he was just lightly right. petting his new Batman costume that he right. was had for Justice mm. League, and and he didn't have to show his son because I remember around this time too that like his son because they have like three kids like uh-huh. have like the two girls and then like the boy uh-huh. and evidently like right around the time he was announced as Batman, his son wanted to go to su- as Superman okay. for his birthday party. Yeah. And Ben Affleck kept, like, offering, like, a Batman costume, and his son Sam was like, no thank you, I'd yeah. like to be Superman. <laughs> so and... so Ben was sitting in this house, petting the petting the Batman costume he had bought for right. his son, just 
crying yeah. ever so ever so softly as he looks over at the children making Nutella sandwiches and he thinks to himself I need what? something I need something <laughs> I need something to give my life purpose to give myself meaning right and mm-hmm. and he immediately called up he immediately called up Matt Damon right because who else do you talk to in a situation where you need to find the best the best route to proceed right. than Matt Damon right your your frequent collaborator, collaborator. yeah rumored best friend mm-hmm you, you, you gotta you got you gotta call, you gotta call up call Matt. Him. You gotta mm-hmm. call him. And and they calls, they talk. Mm-hmm. Now the thing is when they call and talk to one another, they they talk to one another in like really heavy Boston accents. Because yes. you know, they're buddies. They yeah. they you know, Parker can't have it, yeah. We talk mm-hmm. like this, you know, we yes. we talk about chowder and all that stuff and you know, goodwill hunting, you know, mm-hmm. we we made that movie, you remember? <laughs> That's how they start every conversation. Hey, hey. I thought they were here. Ben, Matt, come out, come out, guys. <laughs> it's like, hey Matt, you remember we made goodwill hunting? Yeah, we made goodwill hunting. How's it going? And then they cry for like five minutes over Robin Williams. <laughs> Like, and it gets, like, real loud, because, like, they just, they, they don't hold back, I mean. That's every phone call, too. Yes. Yeah, every phone call. <laughs> like, they could be at lunch being like, hey, how you doing? I'm just eating some chatter. You're yeah. Google hunting? And, like, they just start crying. And then, oh, they, go, and then they go, poor Robin! <laughs> <laughs> and then for 20 minutes, and then they, like, they're like, we should send him a card. <laughs> <laughs> So after after the twenty five minute intro to their conversation, yes. they spend thirty seconds saying, "Ben's like, yo, I should get a tattoo." Matt's like, "Yeah, you should get a tattoo." Right. What what should I get as a tattoo? I don't know. Something that signifies you coming back from something. Right. Oh oh, you mean the Boston Red Sox tattoo from when they came back in two thousand four against the Yankees? Nah, you already got that. Yeah. <laughs> get a phoenix. Right. Oh, like Harry Potter. Yeah. Right. Like the Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Right. Of yeah. course. Yeah. They they slightly understand how Harry Potter They works. weren't in that movie. They weren't in no, that they, movie. They were not asked. Yeah. <laughs> Neither was Robin. So they No. Their, their lives pretty Robin much Robin was a better pick though. They were gonna <laughs> pick anyone out of the three of them. Yeah, the, the only movies they really remember are Goodwill Hunting, uh Dogma and I like Dogma. Dog, Dogma's good. Dogma's good. Dogma. Have you seen Dogma? No. Oh. <laughs> I, have to, I have to introduce you to the world of Kevin Smith. It's uh, Dogma's very good. Yes. Early Kevin Smith is good. Well, you saw Tusk. So I only that, saw Tusk. Tusk yes, is, no, uh, that's, I don't even know what that means. It's not good. <laughs> it's uh, Kevin Smith's attempt at horror thriller. It's like, not good. Does this, mean, does this mean that one's never seen Clerks? Like stop the podcast. No. Pause. <laughs> no, not really though. We have to discuss this. Folks, we're back. We just spent the last hour and a half watching Clerks. Yes. When Bunch we're... of savages in this town, <laughs> and we all understand that now. <laughs> Lynn is laughing like that because she's so confident about the joke. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yes, I have to show you Clerks. Okay. So yes. I'll mark that down as a note. Um, but yes, yeah, so so Matt convinces Ben to go get this tattoo. Right. And Ben's like, "Well, I gotta go find a tattoo parlor. I gotta yes. find. I gotta find the guy who can do this." But meanwhile, Matt Damon is at home thinking that they've agreed on a small, discreet mm. phoenix. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and he was only half listening. He just did the accent, but he was playing with all of his daughters and championing Clearwater and Stella Artois. <laughs> and so he was so busy doing that, and also trying to craft a thoughtful statement about diversity and things in his own industry and, and wow. how he could really be a spokesperson for a number of causes. While also pitching the ideas for Jason Bourne 6, 7, and 8. Right. 
and also trying to like really get method about forgetting who he is and where he's from mm. that he just figured they agreed to something tiny mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. on the shoulder yeah. yeah nothing you know something that wouldn't interfere with a role yeah couldn't be spotted from like a far away paparazzi drone shot mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really make his friend identifiable at a distance yeah just a, a nice subtle right. back of the leg tattoo that's only right. seen, you know, if you go to the... Oh, I can't even yeah. tell what that is. And he was really only agreeing to it because, like, Ben seemed in, like, a really dark place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was talking about, like, watching the kids from the window and he really couldn't figure out, like, why he wouldn't just like, walk across the goddamn yard. Yeah. He lives in the... He lives in the yard. He can say hello. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Jennifer's not going to arrest you. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. You live in the house, yeah. man. You, you, li- you live in the general vicinity of the house. Right, like, so... So yeah, but but to, in Ben's mind, they agreed to this full intricate back piece Mm-mm. that was going to require days okay. and days of work, and the only person they knew for the job uh, was going to be Kat Von D. Yes, of course. Yeah, and I mean, like she wasn't readily available. Like she kind of no. just took him in. Uh-huh. She's got a busy like parlor in LA. Yeah, and like she's booked forever. Yeah. So right. she basically took him like in between other clients. Right. Like so she would work on a piece and be like, all right, let me just do like a section. Uh-huh. Well, of... she, she learned from those large arm flowers that it's best to just take him in rather than yeah. Yeah. Him. yeah, yeah, exactly. So and and basically like she he kind of told her, yeah I want a phoenix and I want it on my back right. and she and in her mind she's like. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna give you the biggest back tattoo I can make. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna spend a week drawing this, mm-hmm. and she just she showed him like a small version of it, just to kind of show. Right. Oh yeah, this is what I'm thinking for the design. He's like, yeah, absolutely. Right. But he has no idea that it's gonna be this giant freaking back right. piece. Well, of mm-hmm. course. Of course. He didn't realize until he couldn't sleep on his back. Yeah. He was like, man, I was at Kat Von D's right. place for like five days. Right. Can't sleep on my back. He just thought, like, he was, like, pleasantly sleeping on his tummy that whole time yeah. at her place. Like, just the hum, like, does lull you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like ASMR. This was before, I think, ASMR became a thing. But yeah. Kat, Kat Von D is I the mean, original ASMR I don't know artist. if I would use a tattoo gun as, like, ASMR. I mean, like, the best noise. But I could see how some people would be into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see like, it. <laughs> yeah. I totally wasn't, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So so after the after the tattoo... Uh, Ben's recovering, you know, back in his backyard home, right, mm-hmm. uh, right outside the pool, mm-hmm. and and he finally decides, oh, you know, it's it's finally healed enough. I'm not like hurting right. anymore. Let me take a look in the mirror and see what it actually looks like. So he grabs a he grabs a little mirror, goes right. to the big mirror because his bedroom is like full of mirrors. Right, mm, of course, of course, because he it's thought, a guest house. It's a guest house, you know. <laughs> the guest the guest wants to see themselves yes. from so, every angle. <laughs> from every angle. <laughs> so so he takes a look and he and he sees this like. Oh my god. Right. What have I done? Right. But at that point it's only like a black and white like phoenix. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. so he figures I know how to solve this. Mm-hmm. Color. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like let's color this in because while it's bigger than expected, it is beautiful. Yes. I mean Kat does amazing work. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, but she is an artist. She yes. did a television show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So she he went back to Kat and Kat was like, Okay, great. Well I actually have like a big customer coming in, so um here's my niece. She's held a tattoo gun once in a while. She'll color it in for you. His niece is like, her niece is like five. Mm-hmm. You know, not just just old enough to realize this isn't a crayon, but I'll give it a yeah. shot. Right. And what what uh, Kat failed to mention was that the other big client that she had coming in, and that to Ben's knowledge, she had, he had no idea, was actually Matt Damon. Huh. Because during their conversation, Ben had also mentioned, yeah, you know, you should get one too. And and Matt was like, because he was barely listening, he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'll get the same one. I'll get I'll get one too. And uh, and lo and behold, he actually agreed. And Ben unknowingly set up Matt at this time and didn't realize it was mm-hmm. it was him because he was just like, oh, cool, 
I'm right. too busy. I don't remember this. Right. So so Matt Damon was coming in at the same time to get the same back tattoo. Right. And because he didn't want them to be exactly the same, he just had Cat flip the design. Right. Like, flip it horizontally. Right. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, because he... Oh, now I remember. So it's actually... Starts at like his lower midriff and just goes down his leg. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, which is much more painful. Yes, because you're having to tattoo on on the buttocks. Yes, which is ooh, I don't even want to think about that. It's also a design challenge. That it? is, yeah, because you want something that's going to flow as it goes right. across the curves and everything like that. Right. It's it's a weird challenge for an artist because most of the time an artist is trying to make something two dimensional look three dimensional, mm-hmm. and in this instance. What the artist is trying to do is flatten the canvas with the visual. Yeah. So it's actually like starting like with the tail like snaking down the shoulders where you've got like a flat surface. Then you have to take the buttocks and make them appear flat as you're making the rest of the phoenix yes. come down the leg. Yes. Which for which for Kat was actually a very difficult challenge because she had never tattooed on, on buttocks before. No. In her long storied career, she had never tattooed on a pair of buttocks. She was never a butt girl. She never was. She mm-hmm. never was. She was all about that back and those biceps. Yes. She wasn't she wasn't about those three Bs. She was about two Bs. Yes. And then of course the challenge of the legs. Yes. Mm-hmm. The legs. Mm-hmm. Once once you hit the knee ditches, there was some uh, some jerking around. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. She she got kicked in the face a few times mm-hmm. because it's basically like it's basically like a donkey, you know, where yeah. you you know you, you hit it in the wrong spot, you just get fucked right yes. in the face. Huh. Yeah, she she ended up with a black eye after mm-hmm. the session. Oh, of course, but but it was good work. It was good work. Yes. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's much better for Matt Damon's film career because you can you don't have to hide as much tattoo if you just start waist down. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because now, like, I mean, he can do a lot of shirtless Jason Bourne stuff. I I don't know if he ever has. I'm I'm gonna assume he has probably. I haven't watched him since like. I can't picture him with his shirt off. Like every time I think about it, I'm just like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see. I think I think no. I think he was shirtless and downsizing, and it wasn't pretty because he had like a really bad dad bod. Oh. Yeah. Well, he had to get naked at one point yeah. in that because like they, sh- the the things that I know oh, about yeah. downsizing. Oh yeah, that's right. Is that like you all of your hair gets shaved off? Yes, everything. And then you yeah. get naked and you get small. And, that's and then they, they why pick- do they take your hair? Because because, <laughs> because it can because it can cause some apparently it, ca- it can cause some weird stuff in a procedure if there's like still hair. So this movie created like a huge complication related to. I don't know. It's <laughs> my, it was directed by the same guy who did the Descendants, which was a decent movie, and then he did this, which was terrible. So is the Descendants movie different from like that Disney? It's very it's very different. Show that the children. Watch? Yeah, the Descendants was the one with George Clooney with like the oh, okay. with like the family and. <sighs> Yeah, the de- I don't know what this other one is. It's like, isn't it like the villain thing where I like it's know. like the villains' kids? Is that the one we're talking about? I don't Disney? know, I'm, but I'm wearing yeah, a Descendants get... T-shirt for the punk band from the 1980s. Because like I get very confused and always thought they were like the same, and I'm like, why do small children really love like George <laughs> <laughs> I always think to myself, oh, these these kids know Milo goes to college. That's a good album. <laughs> anyway, okay. I think we're I think we're getting off track with. What so we're... Matt Damon got his tattoo, yes. but Ben Affleck was getting his like all filled in. Yes, mm-hmm. to fix the problem because like. Often, what you say when there's problems is add more color. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. of course. Yeah. So, so he got it all colored in, everything like that, and actually, he was he was starting work on Gone Girl the next week. Mm. So, so he had to get this done because mm-hmm. because you know, oh crap, I got to start filming. Then we got to figure out how we're gonna get this all covered up. Everyone's gonna see my penis. I also <laughs> need to finish this tattoo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the penis was the first priority. The second yes. priority was the tattoo. 
Because, because man, when you're dealing with Rosamund Pike in a movie like that, right. you got to make sure you're up to snuff. Yes. Yeah, you have to do those penis workouts. Make sure your penis <laughs> yes. is, yes. is working. Fun, little, little known fact about Ben Affleck, he created a penis workout video in the 1990s yes. yeah. um, under a pseudonym. I, I don't even remember the pseudonym. but Benny A. Benny A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, he, he didn't understand what a pseudonym really was. No. no. He just thought, oh, you just shorten your name and only no, use I an mean, initial. Like, I mean, to be fair. He has been an actor since he was a child. That is true. So, I mean, like, we've seen those, like, things he used to host, co-host, or whatever, from mm-hmm. Boston public areas, like, where he, like, would introduce science. I mean, we can we can assume that he did not get a rigorous 12 years of public schooling. Yeah. So, yeah. So whatever it means, he's making up for himself. The fact that he can drag himself to a set or pronounce Argo or direct Argo <laughs> is probably... It's probably good. It's probably good because then all the substance abuse issues, like, you know, like, the fact that he is a functioning human man. Yeah. Like, yeah, he got that back tattoo. He got it colored in. He directed and starred in Gone Girl. Like, <laughs> let's, let's give him a Cut moment. him some slack, yes. you know, just let him be. God only knows what reading level he's on. <laughs> he, he, probably, he probably couldn't even read the script for Gone Girl. Oh, so I probably read it out loud to him. I mean, that is not a hard book either. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty okay. pretty easy. Like Gillian Flynn, before that, was the editor of Entertainment Weekly. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would make about... That would make No, no offense to her, her literary group, yes. but she did... You know, at Adventure Gillian Flynn, if you're listening, we're sorry. We love your work. Yes. Gone Girl was a legitimately frightening book. (laughs) Yes. The movie was actually pretty good, too. Yeah, and Ben Affleck is terrific casting. Yeah. (laughs) You said terrible. I I didn't want to say terrible. I wanted to say terrific. It sounded like you were going to say horrific instead of terrific. He was exactly, like, when they said that he was going to be cast, like, and he was exactly what I pictured when they said like I am handsome to the point where you want to punch me in the face I was like yes that's exactly who this character <laughs> should be because everyone hates Ben Affleck for no real mm-hmm. good reason and like we hear things but yeah, we don't is... actually know him yeah. that's true that is like, true like he might be a dick I'm but a... do we know Pro- I think he probably is but Jennifer Gardner seems like a sweet lady and she was married to him for like 10 years so like what's she seeing <laughs> who, knows? who knows all we know is she wasn't seeing that back tattoo because no. because he actually after you know before gone girl he was like okay i gotta figure out a way to cover all this up there's gotta be a way so of course all he does is look up online how to cover up a tattoo with makeup right and he just find and he just he finds out all this stuff that you need and he just goes on amazon and buys thousands and thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of dollars worth of makeup mm-hmm. and every single shade you could find because some of that stuff is darker than the other pieces, and it's all different colors. So you got to use different stuff mm-hmm. for this part, and this part, and this part. Yeah, he actually went back to Kat Von D, who has a makeup line called Locket, um, mm-hmm. which has the foundation for tattoo cover up, and was like, "I'll just buy out your yes. your warehouse." Wait, is that real? Yes. yes. I had no idea. Yes, she has concealer and uh, yeah. foundation that covers up tattoos. Go because figure. even though she's very proud of her work, she understands that not everyone can display their work professionally and so yes. she likes to allow for flexibility so that people aren't held back from mm-hmm. visiting the more and you, getting body art the more you know i had no idea that was a thing but you're I, welcome i yes. probably i probably should have known that though i mean considering that she is a tattoo artist that she would have something like that it's true well, yeah but i mean at the same time like like the expansion into different product lines is 
you know, creating a vertical mm-hmm. is not everyone's thing. That's true. Some people are strictly horizontal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Business term. Yeah, like like Matt Damon's back tattoo. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. That was that was strictly vertical. Starting yes. from uh, starting from the middle. <laughs> starting from the middle. It of the was back. flipped on an odd horizontal plane. To just go down his leg. <laughs> it was it was yeah. sort of like a parallelogram in, mm-hmm. in down his body. But that's why it's less controversial in Hollywood, and that's why he's being asked to comment because mm-hmm. no one knows he has a companion tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like the girl with the dragon tattoo, except it's the guy with the phoenix tattoo, mm-hmm. and it's with not the a bad phoenix with tattoo. the guy with the Whose bad. Whose ex-wife does not want you to think this is a symbol for her. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so he he puts on all this makeup. He gets through the shooting of Gone Girl. He spends. Right. He spends eight hours in the makeup trailer every day just right. covering that up. Mm-hmm. Just well, especially because he had that shower scene. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's true, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just gets a paint roller and, like, yeah, just yeah. rolls on the foundation. Just, yeah. yeah. That's eight hours. He basically, he basically just, like, paints himself in flex seal so, like, nothing yeah. gets yeah. through it. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, just a whole waterproof coating that he nothing can get through. Yes. And, and then he paints himself over with the actual skin tone of his yes. body. Yes. Mm-hmm. They went to Sherwin-Williams and got and got paint that matched the yes. exact skin tone of his body. I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it right. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Get the professionals to match you. Go to the good guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ask how, ask now. Yes. So and Sherwin-Williams would love to sponsor. Hey, we, <laughs> we'd, love, we'd love to have sponsors on this show. Sherwin-Williams. If you are listening. If you're listening, which maybe? In your paint stores. <laughs> Across the country. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how Dan's episode was no free ads this week. Ads. ads just, we're all just the get all the ads for everybody. Kevin Smith. <laughs> love my dad and my brother love your comic book store. Yeah. The movies are nice. Make, <laughs> Tuck, make, make some of the ones we like. Yeah. Um, Tusk was eh. Don't make clerks three. I mean no, it's too don't. it's too far gone. But you, Sherman Williams, your comic book store. Chipotle. I, I oh, like Chipotle. Yeah, Chipotle. I like Chipotle. Would be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good sponsor. Yes. Uh, okay, so back to, <laughs> so back to the story. <laughs> I, lo- I love where we're going. It's a postmodern story. story. It is. It, loops it in is. and out. It is. It is. <laughs> so, um, so Ben does Gone Girl, everything mm-hmm. like that. And afterwards, he's thinking to himself, okay, you know what? I did this movie. This was a really long, grueling shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to go on vacation. You know, I'm just going to go out. I'm going to... I'm going to spend some time with some friends, you know, just take a trip to the beach and just, you know, forget about stuff. Um, And, of course, this whole time, he packs for the trip, everything like that, but he forgets one bag, and it's the bag full of concealer makeup. Right. The one thing that he knows he has to keep around, especially Mm -hmm. when he's going out in public without a shirt, is that Mm -hmm. bag. But in some ways, it's a gift. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's been waiting. He's been waiting Mm -hmm. to show everyone... That phoenix rising from the ashes on his back because he slapped on a pair of blue swim trunks, got on that beach, and he just owned it. Yeah, yeah. He he actually he actually booked a an appearance on Kimmel for like the week after because he was you mm-hmm. know I'm going to do this in public in front of the biggest right. audience I can find. Yes. And what bigger of an audience than Jimmy Kimmel Live? Yes. I mean, especially like as revenge for all those like you know fucking Matt Damon mm-hmm. songs. Yeah. <laughs> because. It's t- Ben's time to shine. Yeah, and who better on who better stage than Kimmel's stage? Yeah, so mm-hmm. so this they actually so this whole this next bit they actually filmed this whole thing, but they actually had to cut it because it was it was too crazy. Yeah. So Ben goes does the appearance on Kimmel. Mm-hmm. You know he shows the tattoo because yeah. they have the picture and everything. They he shows it and talks about it, but somehow Matt Damon 
snuck onto the set. <gasps> now we all know, we all know the story with Kimmel and and Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. You know, they have this this rivalry. I'm using air quotes here, yes, um, because he got bumped from a show years Our apologies ago. Apologies to Matt Damon. Damon. Ran out of time. <laughs> um, but Damon wasn't after Kimmel this time. Damon was after Affleck mm. because you know Damon was under the understanding that him and Ben were gonna you know reveal these at the same time to the world because right. they're bros. They did Google Hunting together for mm. God's sake. They talk about it all the time. They yes, cry constantly. They cry about it. So they send Robin Williams cards, yeah. even though they really should stop. <laughs> so, so just as as Ben is ending his interview with Kimmel, Damon storms through. He knocks over Guillermo because. Guillermo's just in the way, and Damon and Damon's like, "Look, I don't know what you're doing, man, but you know, this is not just you. This is me too. This is both of us. Both of us have these tattoos." And Damon just strips down and just <laughs> turns to the turns to the camera and the crowd and just shows his giant mm-hmm. his giant tattoos, starting right. from starting from his lower back all the mm-hmm. way down to to his his knee crevices, whatever mm-hmm. you call them, knee ditches, knee di- mm-hmm. yeah, knee ditches, and. The crowd just gasps and they're horrified. They have no idea what they're seeing. And they're because seeing... it looks two dimensional. Yeah. It, does. it does. And they're seeing like his bare butt. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh my. Yes. Yeah. Flatter than expected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's all thanks to the tattoo. But ben, Ben's like, look, man, I know, I know, we, we are a thing, but these tattoos, these are separate things. These have separate meanings. Hmm. Mine is my comeback from. From my divorce, from everything bad that was happening to me, yours, mm-hmm. yours is a symbol of how fucking stupid you are. Right. <laughs> because you thought I said we were getting companion tattoos. That's yeah. not what I said at all. <laughs> That's. Uh. <laughs> and then Damon's just standing there, like an idiot. Like, oh, so that's what you meant on the phone. Right. And then Kim was just sitting there laughing at Damon the whole time. Mm. And then the, the interview ends. Kimmel gets up. Oh, apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time. And <laughs> yeah, that, that interview has never seen the light of day. Yeah. Um, because it was just one, too graphic. Mm-hmm. There was no way they could edit out the... Because mm-hmm. Damon just ended up destroying the set afterwards, still completely naked. Right. And Jennifer Garner's lawyers initiated an action mm-hmm. about the tattoo, because Ben Affleck said it was about the divorce. Mm-hmm. And then Ben Affleck's lawyers also initiated an action because... He would like to still live at the yard mm-hmm. and he does not want Jennifer Garner then suing because she was mad because of the divorce thing because he really does like to live in the yard because at least then he can feel like part of his family. <laughs> the end? The end. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> that was a wild ride. Yes. Through, through the life of Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. I don't want to go Jeff- back there. No. I'm <laughs> good. I'll leave it at the door. We went everywhere. Here, uh, let me let me let me open up the door. Okay, thanks. See ya. I, I do like that it had like a postmodern feel. We went out and got a tangent, then we came back. Yeah. And we brought it in. Like the yeah. world, we didn't ignore the world. No, we we did some we did some good world building there. Yes, which yes. is always fun. It's always mm-hmm. fun to do world building. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think it's I think it's time for a little break. Cool. Mm-hmm. So we'll take a break. We'll uh, we'll talk about some stuff we got going on, and then we will uh, we'll come back and we'll tell another story. So. Stay tuned. We will be right back. All right. Hey, guys. Evan here with Elizabeth and Lynn here during our break. Uh, We wanted to plug something very special. Uh, As I'm sure all of you know, today is Monday, April 23rd. 
and we wanted to talk about a cause that is very important to all of us. Yes. Yes. Something that we think everybody should be well aware of right. and should celebrate with the uh, with the mm-hmm. greatest of uh, of aplomb. Mm-hmm. It's Shakespeare's birthday! Happy birthday, Will! <laughs> Willie yes. S. Yeah. yeah. He is over 400-something years old. We don't know the exact date of his birth or the exact day of his birth. This is just the agreed-upon day and date. The, the, common, the common knowledge states yes. that, that today, April 23rd, is William Shakespeare's birthday. How do we not know? Because we changed calendars! Yeah! <laughs> so... Best guesses by scholars say that he both was born and died on April 23rd, so it's a double whammy. Wow. Which wow. is the rare twofer that you should celebrate, <laughs> especially because you've had to read his work anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody has read all of these all of these classics. Um, yeah. I've, I've read some. And why do you sound less than happy about that, Evan? Not, let's, let's get there. I, I'm let's not, get there it's, fast it's on not, his birthday. It's time for truth. He also died today, so just pour more pour more dirt on him. It's not that I'm not happy. I'm, I'm more so not happy the fact that I haven't read more Shakespeare. Oh, That's my thing. You can fix that. I can. Uh, I, on this day. I, I can. You know what? Actually, yes. Today, I'm going to, instead of going to work, I'm taking the day off. And I'm just going to read Shakespeare all yes. day. You're just going to crack open the Riverside edition. Exactly. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to crack it open. It's time to finally read the comedies, Evan. Oh, I love comedy. Well, the comedies are more fun. That's good. <laughs> That's good. more fun. I would, I would hope a comedy is more fun <laughs> than a drama. Does Shakespeare have dramedies? Yes, they're problem plays. Okay. They are things called problem plays. Like, because comedies and Shakespeare aren't like haha comedies, although a lot of times they are haha comedies, but the way we divide them is comedies end in marriage. Uh-huh. And dramas end in, well, tra- tra- dra- the dramas tend to be tragedies. And they end with most of the bodies on the floor hanging okay. out. And then you have the history plays, which are their own category. But in between the comedies and the dramas, you have these things called problem plays mm-hmm. that typically end like comedies, but okay. are not. Um, and so they're problem plays because everybody's always like, oh, they're problem, like, uh-huh. because like there's a problem and I'm like, yes, there's a problem and then there's a problem in all the plays. Like, mm-hmm. otherwise there'd be no play. Just be people sitting on a stage being like, how nice it is that it's Tuesday. <laughs> and then like talking for four hours. Uh-huh. Like, there's a problem in all the plays. But in the problem plays like Measure for Measure or The Merchant of Venice, they end in marriage, but yeah. kind of like, yeah. Yeah, see, so, so so my barometer for comedy is yes. so. Um, let me try to let me try to phrase this in a way. Right. Um, what work of Shakespeare's translates or is more is most akin to say uh, the Hangover series of films? Because that's my oh that's my level. That's easy. Of comedy. Comedy of Errors. Okay. Um, comedy of Errors is about two sets of twins. Okay. So you have two dukes from two different places, right? Okay. And they're identical twins, but they were separated in a shipwreck. Okay. And their servants are also identical twins. Oh, okay. And so so you've got the two, I can't remember what those twins' names are right now, and their servants, the Dromios. Okay. And at one point, so this twin lives in this one Greek kingdom, and the other uh-huh. twin lives in another Greek kingdom. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, their parents have also been shipwrecked and separated as well. And, okay. no, and because of Shakespeare, no one can recognize anybody. Okay. So... What happens is the one twin travels to the kingdom of the other, mm-hmm. 
and since no one can tell any of them apart, and no one can tell the Dromios apart, including each brother, uh -huh. so they can, they mistake each other's servants for each other as well. They're always beating the wrong Dromio. The wrong Dromio is always falling in love with the wrong person. This one's always telling that one's wife that they're doing this or that, okay. and so it devolves into a huge comedy of errors okay. because the twins never come face to face until gotcha. the end. So every the one the one twin is always promising something, the other one's promising this, and the other Dromio is being sassy, and like it's a whole. Thing. Yeah. So that's closest to the hangover where it's just like everyone is running into each other gotcha. and no one understands what's going on. Is there a baby with sunglasses? There could be in that one. That's the one that will most easily lend itself to a baby in sunglasses. Okay, fair enough. So that's, yeah. that'll probably be what I read first. Yes. I would, just, <laughs> I would just watch that one first. Okay. It's easier to watch it and then read it. And then like, oh. okay. But you should also just watch the Joss Whedon um, Much Ado About Nothing that he does at his house. Okay. Like back when there were all those strikes, like he, evidently Joss Whedon, who occasionally when he talks to me in an interview, I'm like, oh, come on, dude. Like, don't be so precious about your damn life. But like... <laughs> Like, he'll have his friends over to, like, read um, Shakespeare plays on Sundays. Okay. And so he staged a Much Ado About Nothing at his house. Okay. So it's all, like, the um, original text, but it's, um, it's like, all a cast of, like, um, all the things, like, of Buffy and all oh, that. Like, okay. And they're just going around the house doing Much Ado About Nothing, which makes sense uh -huh. because it is a marriage plot uh -huh. in a stately home. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And so it's good. It's in black and white. Um... But it's it's one of the better stagings of it. Okay. Because they're very faithful to the text. It's clear the actors know what they're saying. Okay. Because a lot of times, like, you can watch Shakespeare and you can pick out mm -hmm. who has no idea what's coming out of their mouth. Gotcha. And you're like, no, it's not that hard. <laughs> Just figure out what you're saying. Okay. Um, yeah, but I would watch The Much Ado About Nothing because it's it's a romance. It's a, it's a good comedy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's the two lovers who are always supposed to be together, but there's a complication. And then there's the two that are sparring partners who are supposed to be in love but aren't because of okay. some like long ago slight so you get the two couples like the two sweet ones that like, there's just a misunderstanding and they'll be fine and they've always been in love and there's been no problem and then you got um benedict and um oh i can't remember her name now oh i can't remember names today i've been on a lot of cold medicine <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. um but you've got the other two that are like constantly going at each other until they realize they're in love interesting yes those are two good ones to start with cool all right. That was so, a very long plug. Yeah, you know it happened. <laughs> so, folks, uh, so for awareness on William Shakespeare's birthday, go watch Joss Whedon's Much Ado About Nothing. Yes. Read a comedy of errors. Yes. And maybe see if there's a baby with sunglasses in that as well. Yes. I need to I need to do some research on that <laughs> because if if there is, I'm, I'm totally in. Yes. I'm I'm 100% Shakespeare then. <laughs> I'm just gonna walk around with a Shakespeare foam finger, which I don't know. Do they make those? Probably. Okay. You can probably find one on the cool. internet. Cool. All right. <laughs> so, so folks, again, on William Shakespeare's birthday, go read. Yes. Do, do something productive with your life. Yeah, like rent like even stupid Ethan Hawke's Hamlet. Like, yeah. Do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so with that being said, uh, let's get back to the show and let's go tell another story. All right. And we are back. We're back for the second half of the episode. Mm -hmm. uh, we hope you read some Shakespeare during that break. Yes. Lynn's just throwing stuff around. I'm sorry. It happens. She read a lot of Shakespeare. She's yeah. feeling things. <laughs> she, she's feeling a lot of different she feelings. She spoke to her soul. She read all the sonnets this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> all 153 of them. Oh my yeah. god, that's a lot of In sonnets. In one afternoon. Yeah. Uh, what did you do? Uh, I played Fortnite. Oh, good job. Uh. <laughs> that's what I did. Uh, okay, so, so while while uh, Elizabeth and Lynn stare at me and look at me badly, uh, I'm going to go ahead and explain the second half of the show. Uh, so the second half of the show, uh, we get a... Are you going to, 
Let me try that again. I go to a website called fantasynamegenerators.com, and there is a book title generator on that website. Uh, we'll pick a genre, and it'll randomly generate some book titles for us, and we'll pick one and then tell the story behind that. Okay. So we'll give you the genres, and then you can pick one, and we'll spin on it. Okay. So the genres are adventure, children, drama, fantasy, horror, humor, mystery, nonfiction, romance, and sci-fi. So, mystery. Mystery first. All right. So one, two, three. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will say that these are just, uh, a lot of these titles don't make any sense. Okay. But uh, they're pretty fun. So one here is Alarmed by a Tower. Uh, one is Explosion of a Friend. <laughs> I feel like that mystery is too easy to solve. <laughs> uh, foes and Owls. Hmm. And Soldier of the Sea. Out of, out of those ones, which do you like the best? <sighs> foes and Owls. Foes and Owls, okay. Uh, what's the next genre you'd like me to spin on? Uh, romance. Romance, all right. That would also work for Foes and Owls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have... Visitor with Funny Socks. Nope. <laughs> uh, determination of the Solstice. Mm. Of the Solstice, excuse me. Uh, loving My Guy. <laughs> Servants with a Cheeky Smile. And secret admirers of love. Determinations of the solstice. Determination of the solstice. <laughs> I kind of like visitor with funny socks. I don't know um, how that. I don't know how romantic that is. Yeah, that also just feels like something like lightly read on a plane. Like determinations of the solstice feels like a sweeping family drama. <laughs> All right, uh, and then the last genre. Nonfiction. Nonfiction. All right. Uh, differences of pets. Academics of Physics, uh, Rats of the Hunt, Crustaceans of the Depths, Angels and Spiders, Farming of the Harvest. What the hell? None of these make any sense. Oh, Rats of the Hunt. Rats of the Hunt. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So we got some, oh man, we got some interesting ones. Yeah, a lot of these are just grammatically incorrect. They make no sense, mm -hmm. but they're just, they're still so funny. Okay, so we have Foes and Owls, uh, Determination of the Solstice, and Rats of the Hunt. Out of those three, which one would oh, you Oh, I like? get to pick? Yes, you get to pick. Okay. You are uh, the guest. I think we'll do the Romance, A Determination of the Solstice. Determination of the Solstice. All right. <laughs> so, folks, without further ado, let us tell the story of Determination of the Solstice. This... It all began with a sigh. <laughs> It began it began with a long, heavy sigh as it was a it was a warm autumn evening mm. where where a man was sitting sitting in a room alone, just sitting sitting on his bed, looking out looking out at the sky just sighing. Thinking about Esmeralda. His lovely Esmeralda. Mm. He he had not seen her in in weeks, months. She, she had ridden away in her convertible. <laughs> Blonde hair flowing behind her. But she wasn't driving. She was with she was with another man. Right. She let Roberto drive. Yes. As they left. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Roberto, uh, Roberto was a was a man's man. He was he was tall, strapping, long, flowing black hair. But also, he was also the worst of man. Hmm. He had tried to warn Esmeralda. He had tried to say to her, "Stay here with me. Don't go to Roberto." But she had not heeded. He, and now he was alone. Yeah. The farm, all the animals, the house they built together with their bare hands. Mm-hmm. It was all gone. It was all it was all it was all left to him. Esmeralda just up and left. No warning. There were signs of her throughout the house. The cow looked like her. The ducks looked like her. Mm-hmm. Didn't help that she wrote her name on everything, you know, on the ducks, on the cows, yeah. on, the, on the barn. She kept she kept a label maker in her yeah. in her night in her uh, yeah. in her nightstand. Mm-hmm. During the hand building of the house, she had she had labeled every brick she had laid. Mm-hmm. So the house literally screamed Esmeralda. But but yet the seasons were changing. Yes, autumn was beginning to turn into. Into winter, it had been unseasonably warm, yes. but yet days were so much shorter now. Yes. No. Of course, it gave him less time to think about Esmeralda and more time to sleep. Yeah, but it's all he did these days was sleep. Of sleep. course. Yeah, but I mean, he t- he tended to the farm in the mornings. Mm-hmm. In the afternoon, he he sat in the house and and just looked around and realized what what he was missing. He was considering not taking out the Christmas decorations this year. Mm-hmm. He thought, why celebrate? Roberto throws a wonderful Christmas party, and I'm sure both of them will be insensitive enough to invite me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he waited. And waited. He waited and waited for the invitation. He sat by the mailbox for an entire week, mm-hmm. just waiting. His chair was out there. Mm-hmm. little sign on it when he went to work saying, be back soon. And eventually the invitation came, but this year they changed it up. They, um, rather than send a paper invitation, as was Roberto's custom, mm. and it was always a lavish paper invitation anyway, it mm. was really throwing it in people's faces that oh, he yeah. could spend so much on oh, paper. Yeah. It, was, it was done by a, yeah. by a world-renowned calligrapher, you know, just all beautiful lettering. and. Yeah. This year, Roberto had decided to hire carolers, because he was so filled with joy because of him and Esmeralda and their vigorous lovemaking, that he hired Dickensian carolers to come invite everyone in song and then await their RSVPs. So when he returned home from work that day, the carolers who had been out there for several hours as, as instructed to wait for an RSVP and told by the sign that someone would be back soon, the frostbitten carolers were able to sing the invitation to him. But the, the interesting thing about this carol that they sang, it was... It wasn't a traditional Christmas carol. It was not. It was. It was the. It was a recounting of, of one night of uh, of love making between Esmeralda and Roberto. Mm-hmm. They yes. they wrote a song about it. Yes. They wrote a carol and instructed. <laughs> and it can only be the, sung in a man's voice. Yes. <laughs> but that man was sick from the frostbite. <laughs> right. But yet he struggled anyway and. Through his frostbitten, which you wouldn't think frostbite would hit your throat at that point, but it does. Through his frostbitten throat, he was able to at least garble out some of it to the tune of Yankee Doodle. 
<laughs> Which is what it was set to because the lovemaking was so vigorous that it describes. <laughs> we fucked all over the house and in the guest bathroom. Tra la la. That was all he could get out before he passed out right. uh, in the snow. There was nothing but Frederick to do but RSVP yes to the remaining carolers. Um, simply because he had nowhere else to go. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Roberto had been his best friend for so long, and Esmeralda, his his life companion. Yes. Mm. And we 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 failed to fail to explain the relationship between Roberto and mm-hmm. oh, and this Stephen was the was our main character's name. Yes, Stephen Frederick. Stephen Frederick. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Stephen and Roberto, uh, they actually they grew up on the same on the same street together. They yes. mm-hmm. you know lived next were next door neighbors for twenty mm. years. Yes, were best friends mm-hmm. until uh, until one day they were out together and they found and they met this lovely woman and you know they Esmeralda Esmeralda yes every time they spoke they spoke her name they spoke it in this hushed whisper. It really helped her um, enhance her hearing. Yeah. <laughs> she could hear things from miles away. Yes. She knew when they were coming. She became almost like a super taster, but with her ears. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and it was it was on this day that uh, that Stephen and Roberto first ignited their rivalry over Esmeralda, because Stephen Stephen and Roberto had a fist fight. They fought in the streets mm-hmm. over who had the right to mm-hmm. to go to Esmeralda and ask for her hand in a relationship. Not in marriage, in relationship. Yes. Mm. They, they, they fought like commoners yes. for this woman's companionship. Yes. yes. It, was a, it was a long, bloody, drawn-out fight, but... It was the worst their cul-de-sac had ever seen. <laughs> but Stephen, Stephen prevailed in the end and, and, uh, and had Esmeralda as, as his own. Right. And that's when they built... On a plot of land across the cul-de-sac from Roberto, their hand-built home, yes. made of stones that they brought in from the local quarry, that they they brought in one at a time, and then would squeeze lemonade for themselves afterwards. So they would they would bring in one stone, but lay it in the foundation. If if Esmeralda laid it, she would label it, and then they would hand squeeze lemonade. But unfortunately, <laughs> their hands were so were so cut up from having to carry yes. jagged rocks that as they squeezed lemonade, yes. you could just hear the pain screams right. from across would, the cul-de-sac. So then they would try to cover the pain screams in their hands with vigorous lovemaking. <laughs> the entire the entire process <laughs> took took entirely too long to build a home, which is why it was a very very cozy chalet in the it, cul-de-sac. It was it was one room. Yes. It was <laughs> ten by seven. <laughs> It was only able to fit a bed. That's all they needed, though, <laughs> at the time. It was a bed and a wood stove. Especially because Stephen would only ever whisper Esmeralda. <laughs> so, <laughs> eventually, though, Ricardo started coming around more and more. Mm-hmm. And things became tense because Stephen started to notice Ricardo was at his home when he was not. Yeah. Even though he would always leave out his sign, be back soon, so that Esmeralda would know she would return. 
Because Esmeralda didn't work. She just tended their small home. Yeah. (laughs) And... You you mentioned Ricardo. Ricardo is actually Roberto's twin brother. Oh, my goodness. I forgot. Yes. Ricardo actually... Roberto hired Ricardo to be to be his lookout and to, and to weaken the, the relationship yes. so that he could swoop in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was yes. insidious. Yes, Ricardo was known as the love assassin. Yes. That from, from their last name, Les Assassins. <laughs> well, it was a very international neighborhood that they grew up in yes. and then continued to live in. Their this... parents had all moved out. The vigorous oh, yeah. lovemaking drove the elders from the neighborhood. They, they want to go make their vigorous adult retired love and after in an, in an older ages community, a 55 plus community where these things are acceptable and of course small, small town Kentucky is a very strange place yes. for, for such vigorous love making yes mm-hmm. but that's why it's a small town <laughs> but back to, to present day yes um, as the carolers were leaving though, yes. Stephen did lock eyes with one of the less frostbitten female carolers mm. and he felt something a flutter in his heart it may it may have just been the early onset frostbite that was hitting his skin that may have, may yeah. have sent a tingle to his heart but he knew something was different yeah everyone was feeling a lot of things yes. a lot of them physical some of them emotional yes but mm. this was this was purely purely only the work of of love yes and he felt as though her last eye muscles caught his eye as well. Something was there. A new hope loomed in Stephen Frederick's heart. And so and so he he put his sign up and and followed the carolers. Mm. He as wait, best he, he could. Yes, he waited he waited till they were far enough away that as he started following they wouldn't notice. But mm. but he followed. Yes. And he followed and he followed for miles. Yes, because he had to go to the 55 plus community to invite all of their parents back to the cul-de-sac for for their solstice party for the for Roberto the Sassines annual Christmas party yes <laughs> um, now hosted by Esmeralda yes and Ricardo and Roberto the entire family the entire family except for the adults because they had once again ceded their duties to make vigorous over 55 love in a retirement community <laughs> And the over, the over fifty five love is much quieter than yes. than the under fifty five love, but no less meaningful and no less vigorous. Yes, and should not be shunted by Hollywood as to the side. So Hollywood, if you're listening, yes, please give this story the respect it deserves mm-hmm. and have as vigorous of love making as can be put on a. There screen. are more stories to tell. Yes, other than the best exotic marigold hotel <laughs> and the best exotic marigold hotel too. <laughs> <laughs> So, when they arrived at the at the fifty five and over, um, the female that they that uh, our lovely Stephen had locked eyes on, her name was Frida. She was a soprano. Oh, Frida! Um, she finally, you know, took him to the side and, and said, "What are you doing? You can't be here. You're not a caroler." And he and he said to her, "My my heart drove me here. My mm-hmm. heart." led me to this one spot where I know I should be. He was so cold, though. It's almost as though he said it in song. <laughs> he had very intense vibrato. Yes. <laughs> and my... a distinctly male voice. <laughs> it couldn't possibly be done by anyone else. My heart led me here 
to the only place <laughs> I could feel. <laughs> Frida was taken aback. She's she's never she's always the one that's singing to other people. People don't sing to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so so when she heard it, she was she was aghast, and and finally she was like, "But you you can't be here." The caroling police will come after it's you. Forbidden. You're not a it's and forbidden. Then there, and then there was a knock on the door. <laughs> Even though everyone was outside. <laughs> and it was caroling police. The knock was coming from inside the house. Yes. Because the caroling police also live in a 55 and older community. <laughs> because the carolers always come there anyway. They think that they want this when all they want is the peace to do their vigorous lovemaking. And so... The caroling police threw aside the door where Stephen was singing his response to Frida. And he said, I've never heard anyone sing back to the carolers. We don't have anything in our rule book for this. And so then the caroling police retied their robe and went back into the house. Their, their uniform was strictly robes. Yes. There was a robe underneath the robe, so it wasn't creepy. And the robe underneath had been securely tied and it actually had buttons. It was more of a caftan. <laughs> Frida was so impressed that Stephen was able to um, make the caroling police disappear so fast. She's never seen anything like that. She was just, she knew. She was smitten. Mm-hmm. She was smitten. Yes. And so... They were separated, though, when the hot chocolates were given out. Hmm. And days and weeks went by, and Frida went back to her job in the mines. And <laughs> Stephen went back to his job, which was... Um, tending to the animals on his tending farm. Tending to the animals on his farm. And, and when he wasn't doing that, uh-huh. um, supervising the local postage co-op. <laughs> and so, and so the, the weeks and days flew by... Until the Christmas party came and, yes. and everyone would be gathered there yes. on the solstice because Roberto liked to ski the Alps and then the Smoky Mountains for Christmas. So he liked to travel to the Alps for the 22nd to the 23rd and then the 24th to the 25th he liked to ski the Smokies, the, the Alps of Kentucky. Um, and, and so he would return with Esmeralda on their ski vacation, but on the 21st, the solstice, yes. everyone gathered in in Roberto and Ricardo's much more spacious and contractor-built home across the, across the cul-de-sac for an evening of caroling and Christmas festivities yes. and wassail and, and other holiday delights. Yes. Yes, in this in this new contractor built home, there were no labels to be seen. No, no labels at all. I mean, Esmeralda, Esmeralda had made had made some changes to the space, but they were they were minor. They were yes. they were very much in uh, in the sense of uh, they were in a romantic sense. Yes, there were there were lots there was lots of red mm-hmm. red accents everywhere. There was uh, photo, there were roses everywhere inside mm-hmm. that one. Christmas roses, Christmas just roses. as his tradition, strewn yes. about. Yes. Of course. Yes. <laughs> just thrown everywhere. People yes. were tripping over the petals. Because yes. yes. it is the most open of floor plans oh, yeah. the yes. Cardinal Roberto's house. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a, it is a one floor, open floor plan. Yes. Beds and roses and yes. Christmas trees and, and bowls of wassail everywhere for everyone to just drink. No tables, no, no chairs. No. no. You have to stand or... 
or, or sit down or lay on a bed yes, yes or lay on a bed yes there were hundreds of beds in this in this home oh of course that's what they only had there was, there was a bed in every room and they yes. were all twin size beds yes. yes the smallest of beds for the biggest of hearts if there's yes. love you can find a way on that bed yes yes, yes. Mm-hmm. so when Stephen arrived um, it didn't take him long to uh, hunt down Free, Frida. Yes. Um, literally, you know, sniff her out. Yes. With his nose. Yes. Um, and and when he did find her, he it was like a blaze was set in his heart, right. and everything was on fire. Yeah. He was very warm. Was yes. Just, just like the coal Frida digs in the mines today. <laughs> <laughs> his heart was burning like embers, but unbeknownst to him, across the very open floor plan. Esmeralda had noticed yes. the mm. coal-like fire that erupted between her farming postage fanatic lover, former lover, yes. and this somehow charcoal-covered girl in her all-white and red home. She and and Frida had not she had not bothered to clean the soot off of her no. face and arms no. and hands. So Esmeralda saw and was immediately jealous. How could how could Stephen how could Stephen find such a new a new a new lover so quickly? I, you know, it it makes no sense. Well, I've moved on, but him? He's supposed to fawn over me for at least three years, and then he can find someone new. Yes. She had this planned out in her head from day one of marriage. She was like, "I'm going to marry this man, build an incredibly small home, and label it, and then leave leave, leave. for his best friend." Across the cul-de-sac. And then you can cry for the next three years over me. Mm -hmm. That was her plan from the beginning. She was hoping to watch it unfold. Mm. And that was all going going south. All going south. Stephen and Esmeralda moved... No, Stephen, Esmeralda, and Frida all moved closer to each other because Stephen moved towards Frida and Esmeralda looped around from the back trying to pace both of them so that she could plan an attack. Without either of them noticing. And then finally it came to the point where where all three of their paths intersected and they bumped into into one another at one of the punch bowls. And everyone pretended as though they hadn't meant to get there at the same time or tried to see each other. Yes. So it was very, very casual. So, oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, didn't, I didn't mean for that. I'm sorry. No, for, uh, Steven. No, as, as Morelda. Frida. Fun chance of seeing you no, here. Very, very funny seeing you here as well. La 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 la. La 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 Yes. Ah, hark the Herald Angels sing. <laughs> Silent night. Holy night. Oh, come. Oh, you faithful to the Wassail Bowl. <laughs> Bring me some figgy pudding. Ah, I do have some figgy pudding. Would you like me to feed you figgy pudding? I would love it. Uh... Oh, let me put it in your mouth. <laughs> Is it in your mouth now? <laughs> It's all well, over. Yeah, it's in my mouth now. Can I, may I swallow it for you? Oh, I seem to have gotten some in your in the wrong mouth. Oh, well, put it in the other mouth. Put it close in my mouth now. And it became a long twenty-minute conversation about figgy pudding. And <coughs> Everyone's feeding each other. Everyone feeding each other figgy pudding. But during this time, all three of them had had started to form a bond: Frida, mm-hmm. Esmeralda, and and Stephen. Oh yeah. It was. It was fascinating how how one who was so against such a new romance was quickly quickly changing their mind and changing their right. their perspective. Yeah, Esmeralda was warming, and so was 
So is Steven. Mm-hmm. So is Frida. But then the Assassin brothers noticed what was going on at the Wassail Bowl as they watched all lovers and best friends and caroling girls that they had hired for $5 an hour covered in figgy pudding and somehow igniting into passionate flames. And they thought, hmm, that doesn't look like the plan. Because they had a plan, too. They had, they, from the beginning, their plan was to uh, woo Esmeralda. But then lose to Steven in the in the right for Esmeralda's hand, and then once you know once everything was married, they would go in and take Esmeralda, and Again. then after three years of of Steven crying, they would just throw Esmeralda back on the field and let her tend to the farms. It was a very complicated plan. Yeah. Like they, yeah. they they wanted to love her, but they also wanted to give her back and then take her back and then have some sort of marriage and messy divorce settlement because they also really liked the tiny handbell house. Yeah, it, it's so. it's almost saving Silverman in in a sense. Yes, very much a saving Silverman esque scenario. That's but a dated as, reference. <laughs> I love that movie, and so did all the characters. Yes, <laughs> and as darkness fell on the solstice at four thirty p.m. Because everyone had gathered at 3 p.m. for the party. As darkness fell, it felt like decisions needed to be made. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Lassassin the brothers were, were on the other side of the party, mm-hmm. planning, their, planning their strategy, mm-hmm. while Frida, Esmeralda, and Steven were all planning the rest of their, their evening and, right. and the rest of their season together. It was, it was the three of them, not, not all of them separate. They all right. were... They all were enjoying each other's company and didn't want it to end. Yes. And so I started to think, is this a new Christmas? Is this a new Christmas we could have? Mm. But minds wandered, both as a friend and a lover and employee of Ricardo and Roberto, to what would become of them on this, the Christmas holiday. December 21st. Yes. The Christmas holiday lead up, the stressful holiday season. Could one leave... The, the Assassin Brothers in such a hectic holiday time before all the travel and the fondue and the return to Kentucky and the bourbon and all the things that the holiday would entail and they thought hmm, no our romance has room our romance has room for two more so they went over with a giant bowl of figgy pudding hmm. and five spoons and they said, can we put this in your mouth? <laughs> and it just became, a, the rest of the evening was spent trading spoons of figgy pudding amongst the five of them. And making sure that they got into each other's people's mouths. Mm-hmm. That the people were chewing sufficiently to, to swallow their figgy pudding before putting more figgy pudding into each other's mouths. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the evening was spent with the five of them laying on a twin-sized bed, sharing spoonfuls of figgy pudding. Until the wee hours of the morning. Yes. Long after everybody had left the party, mm-hmm. figgy pudding was still being... Spooned. spooned. <laughs> there was spooning going on in that bed, but not not of that, not of a sexual variety, of a, of a tasty variety. No one had to be the big spoon Nobody. that solstice. Everybody was an equal spoon. Yes. There were plenty of big spoons to go around yes. for, the figgy, for the figgy pudding. And so after that, after that... Uh, Christmas solstice party. The Assassin brothers, Esmeralda, Stephen, and Frida decided that they would live the rest of their life in a 14 by 7 home that they would build themselves. 
In between the two houses on the cul-de-sac. Yes. In the middle of the, like... In the middle, middle of the, of the street. street of as, the as a traffic island. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. And they would live happily ever after. The end. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was great. That was, that was, that was great. Fun. <laughs> I, I, I need to eat more figgy pudding with you guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. That was, that was amazing. <laughs> Well, Elizabeth, thank you so thank much you for being so on the show that today. Was this was fun. this was so much fun. Um, so this is the part of the show where we plug all of our social media. Right. So since you are our guest, would you like to go first? Um, I'm on Twitter as Eliz Wiggs, E-L-I-Z-W-I-G-G-S. Nice. And uh, and yeah, so and you can catch Liz uh, doing improv comedy here in the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure she posts about shows she's doing on yes, Twitter and I stuff do. like that. Uh, but if you want to check out schedule of events, see if she's coming up in any shows, go to steelstacks.org slash comedy. Yes. Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at E underscore Williamson 93. Uh, I post a lot of GIFs and tweet a lot of random stuff. So mm-hmm. if you like random stuff and GIFs, follow me there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I do on social media. GIFs. Yeah. That's, what, that's what you all do. All right. And Lynn, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AnLynn, A-Y-N-N-E, L-N-N. Uh, if I do anything on the internet, it ends up there, so just follow me and stuff. Yeah. Okay. And as for the show, you can find the show on Twitter. We're on Twitter at ReadBetweenCast. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash ReadBetweenCast. Uh, the show can be found on a multitude of services. You can listen to us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on, uh, on Pinecast, uh, on Google Play Music, uh, we're trying to figure out how to get on Spotify. That's really fucking hard for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why it's so hard. Spotify, help. Help us, please. <laughs> if you're listening, which... Sponsor with Chipotle and Sherwin-Williams. <laughs> Chipotle and Sherwin-Williams combined together into a company. Chipotle Williams. That, that would be a great... That's mm-hmm. a great name. There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. With every uh, can of paint, you get a burrito. Yeah. That'd be nice. That's, so. that's a nice thing. That's yeah. a great deal. Yeah. They mix they mix it into the can of paint, so you just got to dig it out. Yeah. Oh. Oh. No, it's totally we, fine. We had a different thought. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the burrito would just Yeah, be like everything it. could be edible. So wait, is, it, so is there a Chipotle in the Sherwin-Williams stores? Yes. You, okay. you just It's just one-stop shopping. It's just ah, easier. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's like it's like a McDonald's inside a Walmart, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just a little more. This high is a class. bit more classy. More yes. classy. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. I like that. A little bit more focused. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as we were saying, the show is the show is on. It's on iTunes, on uh, on Pinecast, on Google Stitcher. Play, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. So, yes. So yes, if you search "Read Between Podcasts" on any of those services, you're bound to find us there. So, uh, folks, thank you very much for tuning in. Elizabeth, thanks again oh. for joining us today. Thank you for having me. No problem. We'd love to have you on again at some point. Sure. So, uh, so, folks, thanks again for tuning in. We will talk to you next week. Have a good week. See you soon. Bye. Bye.